Hello and welcome to Unfiltered with Alexandra, a show for anyone interested in healthy lifestyle and positive mindset. Broaden your perspective by listening into casual conversations and unfiltered real talk I have with people that inspire me, many of them I've met on my travels around the world. Welcome back to the Unfiltered Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Tresca. She is the founder of the Mind Tree in Curacao. We talk about how she taps in her own experience of growing up on the island and how she is using this in her work as a children's educator, a mentor and a teacher. She openly talks about her life growing up in Curacao, studying in the Netherlands, the cultural differences and why it is so important to already in the lives of young children teach them about mindfulness, meditation and giving them the right tools to grow in a healthy next generation. Please like and share this episode in your community to educators and parents so we can create more awareness on the importance of the right education for the future. Good morning. Um, thank you so much for accepting my invite to come on the podcast um, and to tell more about yourself, but as well about the mind tree. That is how we met here in Curacao. Um, but first, let me give you some space to uh, give you the time to introduce yourself from who is Treska and tell us. First of all, thank you very much for this special invitation in your podcast. Mm -hmm. It really means a lot to me as a person, um, just like you, that we are here to, to, for our act of service. Um, who's Treska? I'm a 35-year-old girl. <laughs> um, I've been born and raised on the island of Curacao. I did my studies here on the island, and I also left for a couple of years to, in, to Holland to broaden my, my, my knowledge. And coming back, I chose to uh, dedicate myself to kids always. It has always been something that meant a lot to me. I've been working in the education for the last 18 years. Uh, I, I guess and since then next to having an education of being a teacher I also um, did a study to become a pedagogue so using both my knowledge and my life experience I choose to give act of service back to to kids in my community not only kids kids parents everyone Yes, what I can see from uh, what you've organized with the mind traits, not that you are motivating and stimulating the children to um, broaden their perspective, uh, but the parents of these children are in that same package. Because if the children know, um, the parents need to learn as well, because otherwise it is like, okay, it's a nice activity. And after that, the activity stops because at the home, there is no support for it. Is that a little bit right? How I saw everything happening? Uh, I really believe in this. It's something I learned when I was studying in the dynamic triangle. Yeah. Nothing is stronger than having a good connection between the child, the person who's guiding the child and the parents home. Yeah, yeah. If that connection is strong, 
you should have that because if the student, if the kid, if the child doesn't have one of those strong connections, mm. the child doesn't feel connection with anyone or anything. And together, if you do this together, you, you, you walk in the same line mm. and you can guide the child and you feel comfortable and the child feel accepted. Yeah. Definitely. And they feel that they are in a space where they can develop themselves uh, more freely because they are supported uh, in that triangle shape. So they are, you could say, in, their, in, their be- in the best place where they can be. Uh, yes, of course. How do you um, take, you know, what you experienced yourself as a child, how you grew up in Curacao, um, what made you decide to um, become a teacher and to later continue developing yourself in learning modalities, um, the, the, the broad field of learning modalities, you're still developing yourself in that. Um, what made you do this or uh, was there something that you experienced as a child yourself that you decided to go into this direction i think life itself put me into this direction of going on the path the unknown path Mm. let me call it like that to become a teacher i always have high expectations for myself Mm. being a teacher is not something that was on my list I wanted to become something that I needed to go to the university and have all masters for it and uh, orthopedagogue. So I need, I wanted something big, but I was always told that I needed to, I'm, I'm a person that needs to go through the easy steps. Mm-hmm. It will be too much for me to handle at that time. And being a child, I acknowledge that and I, I I chose that path. And on that path, I've been discovering so much of myself. Mm. And when I was done as a teacher, studying a teacher on the island, because I was still young to go abroad back then, it didn't mean so much to me in the sense I felt empty. It didn't fill me up. I didn't okay, I'm a teacher now, I can give classes, educational classes to kids, but Mm, what is that helping a person to become if you cannot really approach the person for who he is? Yeah. So there were so many questions and coming from a culture where every question will be answered with, oh, it's because he eats too much sugar. Oh, it's because he might have worms. It's because, um, um, oh, it's about his parents don't have time for him. It's always something external mm. that we blame it on. And we don't really look at a child, look at a person and really try to understand that behavior. And I always had a sense that behavior has a meaning behavior there's something behind the behavior that the person cannot express in words and I could recognize that back to myself because I also had a hard time using my words to express my feelings so for for that unknown that I had for myself and for the kids I wanted to be there for I chose to keep on studying keep on growing and I went out there to look for an answer 
And on that path of discovery, I, I started more to understand myself. It was a growth to discover myself, my feelings, whatever I needed to deal with, which I'm still doing because it's an ongoing process. But through that, life gave, keep, kept opening doors for me that led me into where I am today, which I'm really grateful for. That's really beautiful. So it is really about seeing um, the younger, it doesn't matter the age of a child, a child is already a full person and recognizing that this person has its uh, little quirks, its little traits, um, its little behaviors and where behavior comes from and trying to understand why this person, this little person maybe, is acting in a certain way and then providing um, your knowledge or have, have as much knowledge in you uh, to provide this as a learning space for the child as well. Of course, and yes. empathy. Yes. Has this as well then been the, the, the background of creating the mind tree? and being able to provide space outside the school area uh, to give children even more modalities, how they could develop themselves and as well develop them in a different way. You know, there's a lot of schools that give options, uh, that give freedom of space, freedom of learning. Um, but uh, what I see in the mind tree, you take them out in the field and you let them discover things about life. Uh, what you did, for example, at Hofi Kaskora, um, that's a beautiful space here on the island, uh, learning them how to grow vegetables, how to grow plants, or um, taking them out in the areas of the island and letting them explore what the island has to offer them because this is their home uh, where they will be hopefully uh, living for a long time and really knowing what their island has to offer them. Is that a little bit the thought behind the mind tree as well? Yes, it's a combination of many factors, but mm. this, of course, is, is a big one of them. Because I, I believe that people learn skills by practicing them. Mm. And when you learn it in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that it's not in a school where you're sitting and you're just listening and you get the feeling, the connection, like, okay, this is what's expected for me. Mm. No, you learn something, a life skill by experiencing it. Mm. So when I take them into the nature, when I take them, I take them all into a bus and we drive to an unknown place, sometimes even new for me. And we go and we discover on that path. I practice all those skills with them in moments yeah. So moments, if they discuss with each other, you use that moment to reflect on yourself and respect, reflect as a group. How can you handle this? What are your feelings at a moment? What is triggering you and making you respond like this to your friend? Oh, you're feeling tired. Is that really what's going on? Like helping kids express what they're yeah. feeling without putting the spotlight on them that they're learning right now but yeah. use life experiences mm. to help them develop the skills they need to survive they need to live in the yeah. life 
Yeah, definitely. Um, um, over the last year, of course, it has been challenging. I know on Curacao and now again, uh, there is uh, most of the schools are only online. Um, do you recognize what effect this has on children or is this a little bit related to age or is it related more into how they receive the support from their parents? Um, over the last year, do you see that there has been a change in interest in certain uh, creating certain skill sets in children because they were sort of like forced into uh, into their homes. I know Curacao had a lockdown of two months last year. Right now we have, again, since a couple of weeks that we are in the houses. Um, what do you see the effect on the children that you have been working with on a day-to-day -day basis? You see a change that's immediately. and But you don't, after a while now, it's been a year. Mm -hmm. that we've been in the full lockdown, that we're again in this situation. But after the last nine, 10 months, you really saw it coming out. Mm -hmm. Because first it was, okay, we're back. It looks like a vacation. We're having fun. Everything mm -hmm. is good again. We all forgot about what happened, what we were feeling. But then when it gets normal again, yeah. Then it's when you when I started to notice the big emotions coming back of having 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 problems with with just being upset. Mm. I I had kids that that were fighting that I never saw fighting before. I had kids that you could say one small thing and they would explode. Mm. And first, your first reaction would be, okay, what's going on with you? But then I, I taught myself that I need to not react immediately, but all, always go from empathy. Mm. Try to talk, 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 and see whatever will come out, even in a fun way, but that you will always go to the, to the core, to the root. But, yeah, to the origin of, of, where, of where, where does it come from and trying to understand what is triggering this behavior right now instead of plastering and putting something pretty on top of it, trying to understand where is the behavior originating from, how does this come and can we find a solution to not have that, uh, that origin triggering this child anymore. Uh, instead of, you know, making it look pretty on the outside and underneath, we're just covering up the problems which might out again on a way later time in his or her life. Yes. And on that, on that road, I always talk to them by, exp by asking them permission to share whatever mm. they share with me to their parents. Okay. Because my way of working is I always have a feedback, a debrief with the parents afterwards, even mm -hmm. if we go on, on group experiences. But if I notice something, I express it, express it to them in front of the child. And sometimes I let the child tell them because beforehand I already talked to them. I prepared them. Mm -hmm. How is a good way that they can express? How are they feeling comfortable in expressing? Mm -hmm. And when you see them expressing those things to their parents and talk with those parents, because at that same time, you're teaching both sides how to communicate with each other, 
about their feelings and observations, mm-hmm. you see that they start understanding each other. And from the parent's side, like sometimes you see like a glow coming from their eyes, like, wow, I noticed this behavior. I saw this at home too, but this and this is what I thought was happening. And sometimes it's something really simple, something really small that happened or you said or that the kids saw that made such a big impact and became such a big emotion because the child wasn't able to express it or wasn't feeling comfortable expressing mm-hmm. it to you. And yeah. when they express those things, you see, you see magic happen. <laughs> I call it magic because oh, the this- connection gets yeah. stronger. It is definitely, I think, a little bit of magic in there. Um, I noticed it when um, you organized that was around uh, New Year's, Christmas holidays, that we had the yoga and meditation experience for them uh, Mm -hmm. here at the yoga school where I'm working at. And I was basically a stranger for the children in these two groups. Uh, most of them was the first time that they were meeting me and they were um, probably because I was the stranger in, in, in their side, you know, it was a new person. They were confiding in me in like, you know, they were seeing from, okay, I can tell you this little secret. I'm not really comfortable in telling it to my parents I cannot really tell it to Tresca, but I can tell it to you. And then sort of, I know it will be taken care of when I tell you this tiny little secret of it. And it was basically that in Shavasana where they were lying, they were rolled up like mummies in their blankets and they had a little eye pillow over their eyes. And there was two girls coming to me after and they said, I never had such a good sleep in my life. And I was sort of like shocked at the first moment. And then later on, I started to think about it. Really like, okay, so yeah, they got the sense of deep rest at that point. And with everything that is being asked for children to do, they need to be very resilient. They need to do a lot. They have their homeworks, they have school, they have to go see their friends. Um, the the word rest and sleep is very often overlooked. And then if you have then that child really like in five minutes, I never slept so good in my life. I was a little bit shocked by it. And then I said, okay, I think you need more of the mindfulness training within these families. Uh, What means meditation for them? What means breath work for them? And what means the yoga for them? How can this be of support of bringing even more resilience into these children on a later stage? So it is um, beautiful to see how a child is um, given the tools of being able to express their emotions in a different way and being guided in that, because I think that is one of the most overlooked things in in parenthood. Of course, and it's also coming from a culture, and I think it's more cultures are, are, are think like this, that kids are not allowed to talk. 
Kids are not allowed. They need to be respectful. They're, it's not everything that a child understands. Oh, they're mm. only five. They're only six. No, I cannot talk with them about this. I cannot. They don't understand these topics. Oh, they're just kids. They need to play. They don't need to rest. They don't. We underestimate all the things that happen when you are a child. Mm. This is where your life is formed. This is how your future is formed. Yeah. Whatever happens now, when you are just four, five, six, seven, it's the, for me, it's the crucial moment. It's the most important part in life that will choose which way you go. I definitely agree with you on that one. Yes, 100%. Because the influences that they are receiving now, the ability that they have to express themselves um, not only towards their parents, but also towards their friends and amongst their friends. Um, I think that is crucial for um, stages later on in their lives. Definitely. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to, to, to guide parents, to guide, to guide not only parents, guide teachers, everyone who, who loves and, and give time of their lives to kids, mm -hmm. they also need to be guided. They also need to, to have something, some, someone, something sometimes to tell them, it's okay. It's okay to just stop right now and just enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. And if we practice that more often, the kids, they look at us. They try to model. Oh, and yeah, those are the great things we want them to start modeling. Well, they copy paste everything. So if you're, it's that is the hundred percent truth. So if you give the example, the child will copy paste you. That's what they do. They model your behavior. They model everything what you do. Uh, there's periods that they start saying everything that you do, or literally, you know, following you around and doing literally what you are doing. So yeah. Um, would you discover in that that um, the importance for parents or even if you're not a parent like me, I'm not a parent, but you are always a role model for children. doesn't matter where you see them around. This can be cousins, can be nieces. Um, if you work with children, um, how important is it to uh, continue developing in uh, the different forms of uh, mindfulness or education that that there are um, is that sort of like for me it's like a mandatory I see it for not it's mandatory if you're like a parent or you're like um, uh, working with children you need to keep on broadening your perspective in that area it would be ideal if it was yeah. mandatory for everyone, but it's, <laughs> it comes more to your personal choices. Yeah. And I chose, I choose to do it because I know it helps me in my, my day-to-day -day life. It helps mm. me in my work. And it also helps me in my day-to-day -day work as a teacher at mm. school, because if I don't have, if I'm not in peace with myself, if I cannot calm my mind myself mm -hmm. and get into the moment when I 
get into school, I'm into school and everything else needs to be out. And when I'm out, everything else of school stays at school. If I cannot practice that being just quiet in my mind and listen, watch, I will not see all the between the lines that the kids are telling me. Hmm. And for me, that's important. It's you can master all all you need to master you can be the the smartest student in everything you need to learn from educational mm-hmm. but if you're you're social emotional you're not there for me that is way more important than everything else that we go to school for like and that's why I choose to do it out of school too okay. because they go to school you give what you can give there but it's limited of you still have other things that you need to do Mm. but I noticed that most of my time goes into the mindful part the mindset part Mm. working on the skills working on the person there's so much that needs to be done to the to the person itself Mm. that is again way more important than all the knowledge that you're learning at that moment you can also learn that later but if you don't know how to deal with yourself you as being an educator, um, what are certain um, things, rituals, uh, what you are practicing daily? Uh, let's say maybe it's the way how you start the day, how you end the day, that for you are um, sort of like anchors into what you just explained before like you need to be in a certain mindset need to be able to let go of certain things to be able to be fully present what are practices that you do for example in the morning to to get this that would maybe be beneficial for other teachers to hear uh, to listen into I was never a person who liked to wake up early in the morning but I taught myself like I don't have a I, I don't have a problem being a morning person, but just the snoozing. And then after I learned the part when you snooze, like you really lose, I started waking up every day an hour before I used to wake up, mm-hmm. just to be in my still moment, just to practice gratitude. I daily have my gratitude ritual. Before I go to work, I really pay attention that I have a good breakfast before I go because that really helps. Mm. Um, Just my body being restful. And by the end of the day, I make sure that I practice letting go of anything of the day before I go to bed. I try to disconnect an hour before going into bed just to have my mind calming back down and getting into the Zen so I can have a good night's sleep because sometimes you notice it, the day has been so busy and so, so many things have mm-hmm. been going on that at night, your mind is still busy at night. You're still processing, even when you're, when you're sleeping and you wake up tired. And I learned that it's really important especially for someone who's going to work with with educating others that you need to you need to be the model yeah your energy Definitely. if your energy is busy in your mind the your day goes just like your energy even if you plant months ahead 
whatever is going on in your body, in your energy will reflect back in your work. Yeah. And the kids Definitely. absorb it. And I've noticed there were times where I'm like, what at the end, why are the kids like this today? Why are they so? And then when I reflect, it's not them, it's me. I've been having a rough day because I do have rough days. I, of course, I, you're human, no, I hope. <laughs> so I do have rough days. Yeah. But then in those days to just accept, deal with it mm. so I can let it go, that I can try to be a better version of myself the next day. It's just always trying to be the best version of ourselves. And we can only do the best that we can. Uh, knowing that we are human, uh, but we do have skills, tools that we can use every day. But practicing gratitude and the, the letting go makes it full circle. So what you, how you start your day and how you end your day is um, how you end your day is giving you that proper rest at night and how you start your day is setting the right intentions for the day ahead trying to make it the best that is possible. And of course, there's always things happening. Life is always happening uh, in between uh, those beautiful moments that we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your favorite, coffee or tea? Or is it something else that you would like to drink if you have a conversation with someone? Or is it- I'll go for the tea. tea. I, go for I'll, the go tea. For, I'll go for the green tea. <laughs> Okay, if you would be able to sit down right now with a person, and it doesn't have to be a famous person, uh, it's just somebody that you admire, that you would like to sit down with, have a cup of tea with, who would this person be and what would you ask him or her? Oh. Ah. Uh. Right now, at this moment that you ask me, yeah. what really hits is I would love to be sitting with my dad and having a cup of tea right now. With your dad. Okay, tell us yes. a little bit why. It's just whatever I felt right now is my yeah. dad um, passed away when I was younger. And he was always a great inspiration to me. And he was kind of my best friend. Mm. Like someone I could go back to and especially in whatever I'm doing right now mm. and was um I would love to to sit with him and I know he's very proud of whatever choices I'm making and this the, the steps I'm taking into the community and all I do but just to sit there with him and just brainstorm and talk and be in the moment and feel his presence well well, get, getting mentored, like he used to always mentor me. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I can see in your eyes that this is like a very, um, very like heartfelt thing that just is all, also just came up. And mm -hmm. um, what is very intriguing about this, because I'm asking this basically in every uh, podcast that I'm doing at the moment, and I think probably you're like the fourth or the fifth person that says, I really would love to sit down with my dad and just have a conversation with him and just being able to ask the questions. Also, 
the um, what you say the mentoring or just asking for the feedback or input and uh, and also just to get inspired again um, by this parent figure that is being such a clear uh, presence in your life although he's not physically present anymore yes he's still i know he's still mentoring me i know i i always can feel and read the signs that that i get that help me Mm -hmm. towards making decisions but it's it would it would be amazing if you can have a real life face-to-face talk right now that would be really nice yeah uh, having all these dads around again and it also um makes very often in a later stage in life uh, things or choices that we make make it more clear and uh, sometimes it's not clear from where does this come from where is this input coming from and then surprisingly very often it comes from very close by um, so in the beginning, when I was asking these questions, it's really like, I said, oh, it has to be a famous person. I said, no, it doesn't have to be. Absolutely not. Because the people that inspire us the most are very often people that we, um, uh, that are super close by. It can be a grandmother, can be a cousin, can be an auntie who lives down the street, um, can be anyone, definitely, yes. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for sharing. Um, I want to thank you out of the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your day uh, to share with us with all your uh, passion and um, all your insights about how, how do we raise our futures because the children are the future, of course, of the world. And that we have a lot of impact on that and that it's not only the parents but it is the bigger circles as well um is there any last words that you would like to uh, bring in that for the people that are listening in and how they can be their best um, role models for the children in their circles even if they're not a parent themselves What I want to leave behind is that try always and every moment and experience and every time you get in life a chance to, to, to give love, choose love over fear. Always in whatever situation we get ourselves into, Always try to find one, one small good thing that you can take from that moment, that experience, and just pay gratitude to that. Even as hard as the moment will, will be, especially in these times when we are together, closed up, and so many emotions and stuff are growing mm-hmm. to ourselves. That shouldn't even be about this moment, but can be related to our younger self or whatever we as a person mm-hmm. need to deal with. If you need to go and work on yourself, if you need to go and accept your feelings, your emotions, your hidden treasures that you need to give some love to, mm-hmm. 
choose to give that love so you can let go of that. And then whatever you're seeing in your child or whatever you're seeing in a, that, that child or person next to you, try to have compassion in the sense of love that you can understand that something might be going on in that person mm. or that I really like that you're letting me see your emotions. Just giving love instead of ex- except of getting upset and showing fear. I think our worlds, our lives will be way much lighter in the future, even in the moment going up to the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm going to put um, all the links in the show notes where the people can find you if they would like to have more uh, information about the mind tree. If they're here on Curacao, uh, then that's probably the best place where they can contact you. And um, yes, uh, keep shining this beautiful light into the lives of all these beautiful kids here uh, on this island in the Caribbean Ocean. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.